everybody. You tuning in to Mad About It. I'm your host, Becky. Becky with the good hair. That's right. It's me. All right. So uh, today we're going to talk about She-Ra. Pew, 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 pew. She-Ra, She-Ra, She-Ra. Oh my God. Um, She-Ra and the Princess of Power. Netflix original remake by DreamWorks. Um, it's the dopest show on earth. I ain't never see a better show than this. I watched TV a lot. I was like raised by the actual television, you know, like when I walk into a restaurant that has a television, I say, mommy, you know, I just don't know. I don't know the difference. I can't tell. Um, so I feel like I, I feel like I got a lot of favorite TV shows, you know, cause I was raised by a television and this one made me feel like, you know, that sort of unconditional love that I've just never felt. It's not fucking leaveable. This show is so fucking dope. I can't even. All right, I'm gonna tone down. I'm gonna use a broader vocabulary in this, y'all. This embarrassing. My friend Vicky would be upset with me, ashamed. Probably not ashamed. She'd be upset. Uh, and I'm not using my, my, my fullest, my fullest poet palette here. Um, but anyway, we're talking about She-Ra. She-Ra, uh, it's done by DreamWorks, like I said. It's a Netflix original. And before you make another Netflix joke, I just want to say, nip it in the bud. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Netflix is the superior streaming service. If you got a problem with how much dope variety they got, and how many times they update their shows, and how many cool original shows they got, just shut it up. I don't care. I will say that I, there are definitely shows on Netflix I wish it didn't exist. And I recently watched Dumpling, and I don't want to be a dick about it, but I didn't love it. Am I going to have an episode on Dumpling? No, it's not queer enough. The lesbian character in Dumpling was downright, like, offensive. I'm sorry. Like, she was so radical. I don't know any lesbians that are, like, actually that radical. Only online radicals. Like, nobody in person. Like, I've never met somebody in person like that. Um, but anyway. Anyway. So she is amazing. It's like the it's like the mother I never had. It's representation of queers and women in, like, a truly revolutionary sort of way. Um, I'm obsessed with it. There's a million different body shapes. There's a million different uh, skin tones. There's a million different... Uh, uh, powers. There's a lot of uh, really positive, like, encouraging messages throughout the show. And uh, the thing that I like about it the most, I mean, we'll get into it later, but the thing that I like about it the most overwhelmingly is the is the portrayal of, of, of uh, relationships between women. The women in the show are just... Their relationships are super complex, and there's a lot of screen time. And it, this show, like, is the definition of the Bechdel test. Like, <laughs> it's like if anything, this show, like, if this this show would fail the opposite of, like, if there was a man's version of a Bechdel test, which would be completely stupid. Nobody needs a male version of the Bechdel test. Please don't go out and make one. It's not necessary. Don't tell the MRAs about it. We don't need a male version of the Bechdel test. But if there was a male version of the Bechdel test, She-Ra would fail it. And as an angry lesbian, that makes me so fucking happy. It's like I'm not even angry anymore. Like when I watch She-Ra, I'm just teleported into this universe that I wish that I fucking lived in. And it's everything's goddamn fine. And like everybody likes me and I'm celebrated for my differences. All I'm going to say though, Scorpio is probably the one that I identify the most with. And Scorpio like seems like she's having a real tough time. Also, Catra is like always very miserable. Anyway, we're going to get into it. So it's not, a, it's not a utopia. Don't get me wrong. But as far as like, it's like pretty, if compared to reality, it's a goddamn utopia. Don't kid me. Don't joke with me. Don't jest. It's, it's fucking utopia, Scorpio and all. Um, and I only say that because Scorpio seems like she's constantly getting the shaft, like, or the, I mean, I guess, anyway, I was gonna make a weird lobster joke. It's, it's bad because she looks like a, her hands look like lobsters, but they're not, she's scorpion. But I'm sorry, we're gonna get into it later. Like there's gotta be some sort of symbolism between the, sort of all the different stuff. Anyway. Um, so before we get into it too much, oh my gosh, I'm already getting into it. How can I not get into it? It's uh, the show gives me the show gives me feelings like I can't explain. 
before we get into it, I'm going to give you like a 10 second Becky update. Three, two, one. So I got a new computer. It's really fucking dope. I can do all this crazy shit that I couldn't do before. I can even fit things into space. I can make pew pew pews. It's amazing. Got logic. Now we can do it. Okay. I went over time. It's been 13 seconds. So, um, but that's, that's why all the, you know, so a lot of things are different now. I'm also getting a new logo soon. Should be coming up, like, at the same time that I publish this episode. Hopefully. I, my friend is a graphic designer, and she's going to hook me up. She just got a big job in New York. Congrats. Huge congrats. Um, uh, she's good. She's going to hook us up with some dope-ass logo. Um, Noelle Stevenson wrote and directed uh, and, like, creatively engineered She-Ra, The Princess of Power, the remake. Um she used to do Lumberjanes, and she used she had she got her start doing this online web series, Nimona. You have to go check out Nimona if you like if you like comics, if you like uh, gay stuff. You have to check out Nimona. It doesn't even matter if you like comics. Like here's the deal. Like when you do comics as well as Noelle Stevenson does, it's not a comic book. It's a it's a graphic novel. You know what I mean? It's a novel don't even have to put graphic in there I mean I guess it's I guess there's pictures but like it's not like it's mostly text that's not what I'm trying to say it's just it's art you know it's not it's not um no slight against other comics but there's a there's a quick nature to some comics a temporary nature to some comics that um uh comics like Alison Bechtel and uh uh, Alison Bechtel's comics, like a lot of them, were published very quickly. Like she had a she had a weekly comic and a strip, and uh, you know I have uh, I have a collected works of Dyke to watch Dykes to watch out for, and um, you know I have Fun Home. But uh, uh, the thing about it is that when Alison Bechtel got her start, she was just she was just publishing shit herself. She didn't even get all of it published, and that's why uh, that's why it's such a big deal. Um, dead i don't know i just i can't i can't think about noelle stevenson and not think about alison bechtel like alison bechtel like set the stage for somebody else to come and do what noelle stevenson is doing like she set the stage for noelle stevenson um when i watched the show i was like holy crap this is exactly like steven universe like this is like i'm am i watching rebecca sugar right now like am I, is that am i wa- i assumed it was a rebecca sugar show like i assumed because especially glimmer to me like glimmer like looks like a straight up like a shout out to rebecca sugar like everything about the character glimmer to me is like a shout out to steven universe like the voicing everything about it is everything about it is a shout out to, to me to me this is my overall impression um i don't know why don't don't ask me to defend myself this podcast is you know it's mine um so i thought it was a rebecca sugar rebecca sugar didn't have fucking anything to do with this yeah let that sink in for a bit have you have you seen she-ra yeah no it's weird like it looks like a goddamn rebecca sugar show and then you remember that it's Lumberjanes Lady. And then you're like, oh, wait. It, it just looks like, all of it just looks like Lumberjanes now. So here's the deal. Um, Noelle Stevenson, if you're out there, um, I, I, I should probably just try to interview you. Uh, but Becky is like a real basic, real basic bitch. Real, 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 real basic. Um, and I am also like you know, just, like, trapped in my house shitting bricks about everything all the fucking time. But, uh, so, when I first started make, dating my girlfriend, we, uh, went on, like, a, like, a friend date. We, like, went as friends with our other friend that we knew from high school. And we all went and had sushi, and then, like, said friend, like, third wheel friend, she was third wheeling by like 15 minutes into the date, 100%. And because it, it just became a date, I'm sorry. Like there are some people that you just can't be friends with. My my current girlfriend is one of those sorts of people. Um, I just like, I love her and I adore her. And 
I just wouldn't ever be able to be friends with her. That's crazy. We're not friends. We're lovers. So, um, uh, yeah, we, we went on a, we went on a friend date. It ended up being a date date because you just can't be friends with people that you date. So we ended up dating like immediately after this friend date and eh, not immediately after, but we ended up dating a while, uh, you know, after, but we went on this sushi date we had friend talk with our friend, and then we ended up just me and her going to this comic book store that's right across the street. It's on Granville in Chicago. Uh, we went to sushi, then we went to this comic book store, and this comic book store had Lumberjanes. And uh, the thing about Lumberjanes is that if you're a queer lady and you're in a comic book store and you see Lumberjanes, it's just all you can see. It's like, what is this? You know, so we just walk into this comic book store and Lumberjanes just like jumps off the shelf straight into my brain, you know. It's like I've never seen such dikey, such dikey things in my life. Like Lumberjanes is just like it's, it's like it's just something that's just queer. Like you just look at it and it's queer. I, here's the deal. You know, the people people hate a lot of gay people hate RuPaul. You can hate RuPaul as much as you want. That's just so fucking so fucking gay. It's so fucking gay. I don't know how you can hate something that's that gay. It's like you must just be hating yourself if you hate something that gay. It's amazing. Um, Lumberjanes was so fun to read on a date as a dyke. It made that date super memorable. We ended up buying it, even though you, because you can read like half of a comic book, like just standing in the store. It doesn't take very long. Um, graphic novel. Um, So yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is Noelle Stevenson is responsible for my the love of my life, I guess. Yeah. No, no big deal. It's not like it's any sort of like, you know, momentous, meaningful, uh, irreplaceable part of my life. I mean, it's not like yeah, I make a big deal about it. I'm just saying it's, you know, the most important thing that's ever happened to me. So, uh... Yeah, I like Lumberjanes. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Check out Lumberjanes. The thing about Lumberjanes is it can make you go broke really fucking fast. Goddamn, there's a lot of volumes. They're all like, it's all like 10, 15 bucks. Every single volume is 10, 15 bucks. I have four volumes of Lumberjanes. Does that make me a bad Noelle Stevenson fan? Yes. But I'm broke as fuck. And I just got this computer and I'm the brokest I've ever been in my life. So, um... If you want to buy me Lumberjanes, you can go ahead. Please send me Lumberjanes. Um, okay. You have to check out Nimona. Uh, her her early web series. She started this uh, web series when she was at MICA, the Maryland Institute of uh, uh, Creative Arts. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, Micah's a dope design school. I I, I I know a girl who went to Micah, but um, she's amazing. But uh, uh, Micah's like super dope. And uh, here's the deal. She did this while she was in college. The online web series was free for forever. Now it's not free because it's super fucking good. So like, if you want something that's amazing, that's gonna inspire you, unfortunately you have to spend money on it. Art should be free, but, you know, artists should be rich, too. So what's going to happen? You know, how are we going to deal with these two problems to make any sense? Art should be free. For, uh, art should be rich. Uh, nah. mm. Okay, you see, you got to pay for it. Um, you know, everybody's super down for paying for work, but we get, you know, people are, like, shitting bricks about a 99-cent download. But, um... You know, Lumberjays are a little expensive. Nimona, you can get the whole Nimona for like uh, like $18 hardback. It's pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, Noelle Stevenson, if you're out there, uh, yeah, you're the reason that I met my... You're the reason that my girlfriend decided to go on a second date with me. That was actually a date. Um, and uh, we... You know, we traded these comics, and it was very cute. We read them, and we bonded over the unbelievably gay depictions. Unbelievably gay. Uh, you know, also, Alison Bechtel, 
Uh, we read a lot of Alison Bechtel when we started dating. Alison Bechtel is like such a good thing to read. Unbelievably. It's like if Hannah Gadsby, like, like, uh, I don't know, was like nicer and funnier. Sorry about it. I love Hannah Gadsby, but like, bitch makes me depressed. Also, she stole my gig, so I gotta, you know, I support her. If you've seen the, have you seen the, uh, <laughs> why am I talking about Hannah Gadsby at all right now? How, uh, this is garbage. Um, have you seen the, 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 the recent SNL thing where, uh, uh, Aidy Bryant makes fun of him? That's so, you gotta look up Aidy Bryant doing Hannah Gadsby. That's like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> There's so much tension. <laughs> Who's going to break the tension? Oh, I, I used to host, but there's too much to It's very funny. You should check it out. Okay. Um, all right. So the original She-Ra. The original She-Ra, we got to talk about it because Noelle Stevenson uses the original She-Ra as a hell of reference. And as a basic observation, she's not just referencing the She-Ra for plot and for characters and for uh, style. She's also referencing, uh, you know, kind of its biases in a way. Um, so from what I understand, the original She-Ra... Uh, hold on one second. So the original She-Ra is a, a was a, produced in 1985. It was a spin-off of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And the number one thing that you notice when you start watching She-Ra, the 1985 one, is that He-Man does fucking everything. It's all about He-Man. And She-Ra is, uh, is uh, like a side bitch in her own show. She's a side bitch in her own show. And she also, she transforms, but her identity is a secret. Right? So if you've watched the new She-Ra, you know that her identity is not a secret. Everybody knows she's She-Ra. And in fact, she, she kind of like walks into places and she's like, what's up? My name's She-Ra. And people are like, you're a horde soldier. And she's like, no, I am the She-Ra. And they're like, I don't believe you. And then she's like, let me transform. And it's like, yeah, and it's like, got this transform sequence. It's fucking dope. And then we got the She-Ra and they got the hair. And it's got all the dope shit. She's looking fine. She's looking fierce. And uh, in the original She-Ra, I don't know, man, it's like tits on a stick. Makes no sense. It's like all boobs. No, nothing else. Tits on a stick. It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, a, and all the guys are like, I mean, they all make Arnold Schwarzenegger look like a skinny weakling. Every single one of those He-Man guys. Even Bo. Bo is like, you can see like 10 different like muscles and veins in every single shot of Bo. Their legs look like they're just, they have literally more muscles than a human leg has. All of it is just more muscle than like any human has ever had. Like you could spend your whole life, you know, lifting weights, eating like 48 dozen eggs a day and like, you know, injecting yourself with like silicone to make yourself look buffer and be buffer and do all the shit to be buff and you would never look as buff as these He-Man guys. And I know that that's like a whole male body dysphoria thing going on, but like, I'm gonna go ahead and say that it's, it's like male worship and then female tits on a stick. You know, like She-Ra is a side bitch in her own show in the original She-Ra. So what does, what's a girl to do when they're tasked with remaking this show? This show is very problematic. Um, so I, I watched, I watched the original She-Ra for as long as I could stand. I'm sorry if you really like the original She-Ra, but I'm about to read the shit out of the original She-Ra right now. Uh, get your reading glasses on. Because here goes. This is everything I, th I thought was just bullshit or kind of nice. These are just my general observations in the original She-Ra as a first-time viewer after seeing the new She-Ra. So, anyway, this is bias. This is shitty. Whatever. You can take your own opinion. This is pure entertainment. Okay. So, my first impression is that it's He-Man. 
because that's the only person we see. He's the only person that fights stuff. He's the only person that's fixing any problems. It's actual bullshit. Um, there's a really cool theme. I like the theme better for this one. I like the original theme better. I'm going to play the original theme here. Woo, yeah, hey, listen. Shira's voice is like me, 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 me. I'm Shira. Shira Power. Shira. I can't even do it, you know. And then the 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 men's voices are like, yeah, Shira. I'll save the day, Shira. Yeah. It's like I'm fucking. What is the point of making a show about a woman who has superpowers that she never uses them, and he man always says fucking day. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's like it's like if it was Dr. House, except House was just like you know in the clo- literally in the closet for half the episode, and one of the nurses fixes the problem every single time, and House at the end is just like, oh, wonderful! <laughs> what the hell? That's how. That's what. That's what the original. This OG Shira is. OG Shira is this super sexist. So fucking weird. So so very misogynist. I know it's supposed to be not misogynist, but I'm sorry, it's so misogynist. It's just tits, 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 tits. I'm sorry. Breasts, 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 breasts. It's chestuses. Everybody's got a huge T-shaped, uh, V-shaped. It's like everybody's an upside-down pyramid. And I, I guess uh, I guess it's all for action figures. That's what they say. They say that everybody's just doing this for action figures. That's why all the women look the same. That's why all the men look the same, so they're easy to transform into action figures. I'm sure that makes sense, but um, here's the deal. The show can have a slight bit of variance between characters that isn't shown in the action figures. Like, it's not gonna kill the marketing plan to have a little bit of variance. Like, you know, like the, anyway. Anyway, I just I just disagree with it. I disagree with all of it. I think that the the body design in the original Shira is terrible. Um, uh, I guess Adam is He Man, and you know, like how Adora is Shira, Adam is He Man. And the thing is, it's like you know, Shira. Odora and She-Ra is the same sort of thing in the original, but it just ends up being a completely different sort of dynamic because She-Ra's identity is secret. So, uh, Adam is literally a caricature of a man. Uh, cringe. Cringe is weird as fuck. What the hell is with cringe? Say like cringe makes me cringe. I think that's the point. But, uh, you know, cringe is a, is a, is a scaredy cat half the time and a fierce battle companion the other half of the time. And of course, when he's a fierce battle companion, his voice is low and his movements are sturdy and he's a strong, scary, you know, he's a strong cat. He's a fierce lion, you know, and then when he's cringe, he's a scaredy cat. It's like, uh, I don't know. I can't, it's just misogynist. It's all about it. This idea of this like more feminine version being the weaker, like inadequate, clueless, indecisive, useless, like obstruction. Um, I, I hate the fucking cat thing. It bothers me. Um, there's like a lot of weird gay robot sex in this. I know, I know. I don't know where I came up with this observation. Um, it's just not at all about she It's way more about, like, biceps and, uh, uh, also there's, like, a, there's definitely, like, an Adam Bow subtext. Um, definitely an Adam Bow subtext. Um, g- Glimmer in the original, like, what the hell? What is this, though? Uh, her nails, like holy shit! Look at Glimmer's nails in the in the old. It's like the stuff of nightmares, the stuff of nightmares. Um, Scorpio is like super duper femme. I get it. They're all designed for action figures. Like I get it, but like what the hell? Um, all the women talk like babies. All the women talk like babies. Uh, 
Shadow Weaver is like thin, scrawny, witchy. She's like sexy. Uh, Shadow Weaver is like only sexy to people who've been abused, you know? Like in the new one, she's like not a sex symbol. Um, she's like only sexy if you like like people that are, are terrible. Um, uh, Catra transforms with her mask in the original She-Ra. Uh, which I, th- I think is a really interesting distinction between uh, the old She-Ra and the new She-Ra. Catra, uh, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of distinctions that, that, so, like, um, the women are just, they're just so dependent on the men in the, in the OG Shira. they're so dependent, um, they don't have as much power and the powers that they do have are all very limited and circumstantial. Uh, Adora is like not the same character. Um, I think that weirdly the that uh, I don't know. I, I I just I think that what it, what it really comes down to is that the new Adora is just a fully fleshed character, and the old Adora just isn't. It just isn't. Um, just. Uh, it's just not. Um, the witch, though, the, what is, what is her name? Madam Raz? Is that what it is? Is her name seriously Madam Raz? I think it is. I don't mean to be sound such a, such a dick about this. If you're, if you're a fan of the old She-Ra, that's good for you. I'm just saying, what the hell with all this? Like, the broom is not a good person. It's like the most sexist thing I've ever seen in my life. The the broomstick that she rides is like an angry, abusive bitch husband. Um, and the witch is like a super forgetful, inadequate, like constantly screwing stuff up and saying, Oh dearie my. Oh dearie my. Oh dearie my. Everything is just so binary. It's just a really, really binary show. And uh, all the weapons are phallic. Everything is really masculine. All the robots are men. The men are six times bigger than the women. There's just a lot of masculine superiority. A lot of like, oh, he man. <laughs> um, the witch is so, so like embarrassing. Um, it's just awful that anybody would see a witch like this. I just like witches too much. You know, I identify too much with witches. Um, the, the women are just all more pretty than they are strong. They're all more pretty than they are useful. Um, everything is also really gay. It's just all really homoerotic to me. Everything about it is really homoerotic. Like, the male characters seem to only be able to rely on other male characters, and the women characters are just constantly in peril. It's just bullshit. And when I say it's gay, I don't mean it's gay like the new She-Ra is gay. Like, the new She-Ra is way gayer. It's just a totally different type of gay. OG She-Ra is, like, closeted gay. It's weird. It's, like, subtext only. It's important for, like, what what the remake does. Like, the remake takes all these things, and instead of uh, apologizing for them, they kind of just do that anyway by changing it. So, like, you know, there's no, like, there's no people of color in the whole She-Ra, except for, I guess, later in the, later in the series, they add, like, one black character. Um, there are, are, there are a wide variety of, of skin tones in the new She-Ra. There's also a wide variety of body shapes in the new She-Ra. Um, I, I mean, I guess admittedly our, our action figure making abilities have improved since the original She-Ra. I just feel like that's just not a good reason to make everybody's body the same. I just think that the 80s was obsessed with it making everybody's bodies the same. Um, and uh, it's we're still obsessed with making everybody's bodies the same. And that's why when I see a show like this, that everybody's body's different, it just like, it's like, at first I was like mad. I, at first I was mad about it. At first I was like, wow, oh, this is so annoying. This is so forced. That's what I thought. I said, this is so forced. It's like, what about this is forced? Like, why do I feel like this is forced? Why do I think it's forced 
to make Glimmer like a little short and a little curvy. She's a little shoddy, you know what I mean? Like the new, a new Glimmer is a, is a shoddy. She's cute. She's, oh man. Like if Glimmer was a, was a person in real life that like is actually my current girlfriend, you know? So like I, I just, you know, I am like weirdly attracted to Glimmer. I'm not used to being attracted to a cartoon. Like they all don't look like bodies, but all these cartoons like, and it's not like any, none of them look like bodies, but they all suggest bodies. You know, it's they're suggesting different types of bodies. And that's like re- actually just revolutionary, you know? And it's it's all in a flattering way. It's not in a, it's not in a parody. That's the thing. So there's, you know, there's lots of cartoons that have lots of different body shapes, lots of different body representation, lots of different body positivity, but there's not a lot of shows where it's, it's not parodied. You don't understand? Like, uh, uh, she does all of this representation and does all this without making it a parody, which is like amazing. I don't know. Um... It just, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be, like I said, it just shouldn't be such a revolutionary idea to paint a reality where everybody doesn't look the same. Because, like, when I walk down the street and I go to the coffee shop and I do my work and when I do my job and when I'm playing a concert or something like that, everybody around me always looks very different from everybody else. I mean, even when you look at pictures of, like, people in the military in uniform, there's a huge variation of skin tones, body shapes and sizes amongst, you know, people that are literally like being made to look identical, you know, um, the human bodies exist on a spectrum, human sexuality exists on a spectrum, exists on a spectrum, human gender and, uh, gender identity, uh, sex and gender identity exists on a spectrum. And uh, for some reason, when I see that depicted in a show, initially, it made me angry and annoyed and uncomfortable. And then it was just like, oh, I'm just forced to confront what I am instead of watching some sort of like fantastic reimagination of what I'm not. Does that make any sense? Like, I, of course I love She-Ra. Like, of course I love She-Ra. But I just, I find it so strange that I ever spent any amount of time not liking She-Ra, you know? It's so queer, it's so female, it's all the things that I love, it's all the things that I am. I don't know why I wouldn't like it, I suspect it's probably like internal shit. Uh, I mean, it's also, I just kind of slow to warm to TV shows. It took me a good solid four episodes to get a She-Ra. I know I gave it like a huge intro and stuff, but it took me a solid four episodes. Probably again, probably just internal hatred. Eternal, in, eternal, internal. So Noelle Stevenson, she wrote The Lumberjacks, she wrote Nimona. We got to talk about, so I've read some of her interviews. Um, and her interviews, she's more well-spoken, she's way better, she's way better spoken than I am. You should just go read some of her interviews. I'm going to link some of the articles that I read in this. Uh, uh, and she talks about how basically if there was something in the last show that she didn't like, she'd turn it into a strength, you know? So, uh, you know, all the body shapes were identical in the last one because of the, uh, because of the, because of the action figures, so she made a really conscious effort to make all the different body shapes, different body shapes. If you go back and read Nimona, there's a ridiculous amount of body shape representation, skin tone representation in Nimona. Um, Lumberjack's the same. So, like, it's not like this is something that, uh, this is not something that, uh, that Noelle Stevenson like learned to do for She-Ra. None of this is none of it. That's why you gotta go. That's why you gotta go look at her other stuff. None of it is is something that she learned. Like She-Ra is the culmination of her life's you know pursuit. It's not the end of it. Jesus fucking Christ, never. It's never gonna be the end of it. I'm so excited for the rest of Noelle Stevenson's career. I'm so excited. Um, I hope she just like creates and creates and creates and creates like you know, freely and endlessly for as long as she can do it. Like, she's just dope. Um, but, uh, this is like a, this is what happens when you spend your whole life 
studying comic books as if it's Tolstoy. You know, she just has such a respect for it and such a genuine passion for comics as a, in graphic novels as an expressive medium. And it, it comes through really hardcore in the TV show. The TV show reads like a comic book. Um, the animation style is very two-dimensional. It's like, it's like not, um, it's just not like a, it's not like live action or anything like that. Um, and it's got a real hand-drawn vibe to it. And the hand-drawn vibe is like, man, like, is this some Hao Miyazaki shit I'm watching right now? Like, did they like, you know, fly to Japan for like the final edit of this? Because this is what it looks like. Um, yeah, it turns out she's really influenced by Hao Miyazaki. Like, who isn't? But that really, that hand-drawn vibe is everything to me everything and if you like animation and if you like comics and if you like graphic design you know that's that's such an important thing that's like such an important distinction that this show makes that not a lot of other shows make you know i i like big mouth but i just don't like big mouth you know what i mean i like i like big mouth but it's not i don't think that big mouth is qualitatively on the level of of She-Ra, and here's the deal, it has, it's apples to oranges, you can't compare the two things, um, and Big Mouth is doing something that I think is really, really important, um, but She-Ra is doing something that's more important, and it's doing something that, that we have not seen before, and I get it, there's lots of queer representation in the media that we've been seeing, there's so much so that we get, like, that it's, like, stereotypical at this point, but, um, man, uh, It's just so queer. I, again, back to the, back to the, also, it's like, there are relationships and character tropes in this that are, like, from Buffy. I, I don't know, I, I haven't seen this in an interview. I tell you that there's, I tell you, I, there's no way she doesn't watch Buffy. There's no way. Um, but she talks a lot about nemesis relationships. She loves nemesis relationships. And the one, to me, one of the, 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 the most important things about She-Ra is the nemesis relationship between Adoran and Katra. Like, obviously, like, Adoran and Katra is, like, the driving tension, the driving force between the, behind the whole show. Um, She-Ra and Katra... So here's where, here's where, here's where these old differences really come in. So like, in the old show, Katra was just some pretty bitch with a mask that made her powerful. And she she was not very powerful, she was like fake powerful. Um, uh, she was like fake powerful, so it's not even like real power. Um, in this show, Katra, I mean she has a mask. I am. It never comes off. I've never seen her take. I don't. And her powers don't go away when she takes it off. Maybe they. Maybe they do. Maybe we haven't seen that. I've watched the show four times now, and Catcher's mask does not make her transform or not transform. It doesn't seem to be a factor. Adora needs the sword and the for the honor of Grayskull to transform. And she's got to, you know, I guess, like, get in the zone for it. She, like, doesn't really know how to control her powers yet, which is, like, such a big thing for me. Like, training sequence, a.k.a., like, sudden slayer status. Like, you know, discovering that you're the She-Ra. Discovering that there's only one She-Ra. There's, uh, you know, and that the power of the She-Ra can make you go crazy. And how, like, all this difference. It's just very buffy, but it's also, like, you know. So She-Ra... Uh, in the original She-Ra, she's, she's like she's Clark Kent style, has got a secret identity. Apparently they wanted to have a secret identity in the new She-Ra, but that Noelle Stevenson was like, yo, we got 24 minutes. How much time we of this 24 minutes are we going to spend with She-Ra running back and forth explaining why she's got a secret identity? It's going to be too fucking hard to do. So instead they're just like, screw it, let's just make it like, okay, we can't hide the fact that she's got this big She-Ra sword. The big She-Ra sword's going to be the deal. Um... Yeah, it'd be pretty hard to hide that sword. Um, the sword is, like, so dope. I'm just, like, a sucker for a sword. I fucking love swords. As a kid, I was like, hell yeah, swords. 24-7 swords. Um, and now it's like, I don't really give a shit about swords. It's stupid. Why would I want one? But do I want a She-Ra sword? Fucking yeah, I do. 
fucking yeah. Especially when I watch the show, I'm just sitting there like daydreaming, like swoosh, swoosh, all the fucking time. And I would love to have a transformation sequence where my hair becomes 400 times longer than it is and then grows back to being short after. Uh, Adora, like, looks like my cousin that does CrossFit. Like, she looks exactly like all college white blonde girls that do CrossFit. All of them. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, like, dope. We have not seen, like, an actual strong person as a woman main character. Like, somebody with definition in their arms. Somebody that doesn't have big tits. She has, like, boobs, but they're, like, almost flat. Like, she looks more like she has just, like, a regular, like, athletic, functional body. And uh, to have an athletic, functional body represented as a female is, like, again, groundbreaking. How sad is that? Like, can we just have a collective, like, for how fucking sad that is that this show, it's a 2018, it's the first time I've ever seen, like, an actually athletic woman depicted as a, depicted as a superhero, and she's an animation. Yeah, you remember Tomb Raider? I'm sorry, Angelina Jolie is not an athlete. You know? The closest thing we've seen to this is that lady who's always in uh, all the Fast and Furious movies. That, like, super hot lady who's always, like, giving, like, like, the last, like, bit of advice before the big thing. Who is that lady? It's, like, not the, not the pretty skinny one, the, like, butch one that's, like, it's a brute to say she's kind of butch. She's kind of butch. Uh, what is her name? I love that actress. Obsessed with that actress, honestly. I used to like as a kid, I would just watch movies with her in it because I was like, damn. But it's so fucking stupid because any movie that she's in, she gets like four lines. It's like the best four lines in the movie, but that's all she gets. Anyway, so <clears throat> so here's the deal. There's like so many other things that are going on in the show. I like I took a long time to make this episode, mostly because I was just so enthusiastic about it. I can't think straight. There's also just too much to say legit there's just too much to say the color palette of the animation is all like literally trans flag colors like it's all queer stuff um it's the queerest show i've ever seen um it's just pink purple white green lots of lots and lots of purple and pink there's i don't think i'm i I was gonna i was gonna put this to the test the last time i watched it all the way through but i couldn't um uh, I was gonna see if there was any shot in the show that didn't have purple in it. I don't think that there's a single shot in the show that doesn't have purple. Um, and this just to the point where it's just not an accident. Um, that purple has symbolism. You know, that purple has a history. Uh, that purple is an important color. The pink is an important color. Um, these, these, these color schemes are, 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 are queer and they're, uh, they're our history and they, they come with a connotation and it's unbelievable. Um, there's also just like shamelessly out gay characters and relationships in the show, like, uh, uh, Spinnerella and Natessa. Spinnerella and Natasa. So Spinnerella like uses wind as power, and <laughs> Natessa, Natasa uses nets. She like casts nets, and like when she, when she describes what she does, she's like, I cast nets, okay. And then Spinnerella, who's like shamelessly her girlfriend, they're always shown like holding hands and stuff. And Spinnerella is like, Oh, honey, your nets are so beautiful. And it's like hilarious. Like I love it, but I'd say it's this is what it is. Like. And that it's they're so gay. There's like you know they're constantly being shown like together. Like if there's a group of people, Spinnerella and Tessa are like physically touching in some way. So they, it's nobody ever says Spinnerella and Tessa are lesbians. Spinnerella and Tessa never come out as lesbians. It is implied by basic observation that Spinnerella and Natessa are lesbians. If you didn't understand that, it's because you're dense as fuck. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that's like 
to me like completely mind-blowing about the show is that um, there are no implicit heterosexual people <laughs> nobody is assumed heterosexual like no one no one is no one is assumed to be straight there are no like ex- like there are no exclusively heterosexual people um like wow you know uh I'm, there's no show like that like even the l word like uh tina like goes and dates that guy for a while because bet cheated on her and then uh you know alice has some relationships with dudes but uh yeah i mean even the l word like even the l word that does not like it is, it's, it's in, in Shira, it is never, never implied that anyone is straight. It's always implied that everybody is at least bisexual or pansexual. I mean, I don't even know if the normal labels apply. It's just a different sort of world where everybody just seems to be fine with fucking everything. I will say that Mermista seems like she's really got a thing for uh, Seahawk, but Seahawk is gay as fuck. Seahawk is the gayest guy i ever seen in my life. Seahawk I am, I am. Uh, Seahawk is the fucking best. If you heard the Seahawk song, you gotta listen to the Seahawk song. Who's the guy that does the Seahawk song? It's a voice actor. He's like my new favorite. He's like my new favorite voice actor. Where is this? Where are you? Jordan Fisher. Jordan Fisher does the Seahawk song. This shit's fucking dope as hell. Seahawk, I am, I am. Um, I am, I am, I am, I am. I am Seahawk. Uh, so Mermist and Seahawk are a little bit straight. They're a little hetero. Mermista's like over it though. Fucking <laughs> Mermista. is like super fucking over it. I love Mermista. Like holy shit. Mermista like is that girl that I like know. You know, like we all know Mermista. That's the thing about all the different princesses. Like we all know all the different princesses. Like Princess Frosta is like literally a cold, a cold lady. She's literally cold. And she's also wearing a coat. Like she is chilly, you know, and it's like, listen, like you have your your powers are ice. You live in an ice kingdom. When you think about it, shit just gets thrown up in the air with your ice. And somehow you're telling me you need a coat because you're cold. Like what's wrong? You got thyroid problems? The fuck, Frosta? What is this? Why do you need a coat? Like, isn't that just a big design flaw of being an ice princess? Wouldn't you think, like, if I was an ice princess, it, I would expect to be comfortable in the nude. I'd also just expect to be comfortable in the nude no matter fucking what. You know, it's like how uh, in Adventure Time, the flame princess is like, you know, she's like got this dress on all the time, I guess. But somehow, like, everything that touches her catches on fire. It's like, well, why are you wearing clothes? Why aren't you just all fire? Why isn't the ground scorched? You know, I don't fucking understand. Like, you you play by some rules, but not by others. You know, doesn't bother me. I'm just trying to figure it out. Just don't understand. Um, but, uh... Perfuma. Perfuma is the power that I actually want. Uh, she bitch can control plants. She just, like, makes plants come out of her hands. I would love to have that power. Holy shit. I don't even... I can't even put into words how much I love plants. I like plants a hell of a lot more than people. Uh, I like plants more than uh, everything. And if I could make them come out of my hands, I'd be fucking stoked. I'd be, I'd be so stoked. Oh, oh my gosh. I'd start a flower shop first thing, for sure. Just be like... Making money out of my ass, literally. Just shitting out bouquets fun as hell. I'd love to be Perfuma. For some reason, Perfuma is like the, the damsel. I guess supposedly plants are not a strong power. What the hell, Perfuma? Grow some self-esteem. Try that crap out for a bit. Bitch got power control plants. Like, I think she's just like, she's too California for it. Do you know what I mean? 
she's so California. Is anybody is everybody showing the show? Like, she's so California. And, like, she's just not going to think about, like, the Poison Ivy shit she could be doing. But she's Poison Ivy. So, like, why, why, why try to be something other than Poison Ivy? I don't know. Um. Oh, my gosh. But Perfuma, she's like, she's like when they're, when they're getting rescued, they're like, they're like, oh, like, we are helpless to the horde. Like, the plants can't stop the horde. And then, like, the plants do stop the horde. And I'm just like, well, fucking... Perfumia, we're never helpless. Perfumia shamelessly just had a huge ass crush on She-Ra. Did you see? Oh, did you see Perfumia's face when She-Ra showed up? Perfumia literally just came all over the place, and then she was just like running up to She-Ra, and she was just like, "Oh my God, it's She-Ra! I want to ride this." And I'm just like, "Yeah, but you do. Like, don't pretend like you need to be rescued by some big ass She-Ra bitch when all you really want is to watch She-Ra rescue you. Like, get in line." Everybody's waiting for She-Ra to rescue them, myself included. I can't shoot flowers out my hands, but you know, maybe that makes me more important to, to, to save than Perfuma, you know? Or where's my She-Ra visit? I don't understand. I'd feed you, I'd sit you down, all the shit that fucking Perfuma did. This is some bullshit. Perfuma don't need help. Plants are not a useless power. She could have just overgrown all their shit to begin with. I guess the I guess the heart blossom was diseased. I guess that was the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. My heart blossom's diseased. You know what the heart blossom looks like? A big old clit. That's what it looks like. I ain't never seen something look just like a fucking clit in my life. I Perfuma is like, oh Shira, you're the most invisible, blah blah blah. And then she's like, I need help with my diseased clit. Like, that never works for me. Why is it gonna work for Perfuma? You know why? Because Perfuma is California AF. Anyway, I'm bitter. I'm bitter. I'm gonna go listen to my own episode about bitterness after this, but here's the deal. Perfuma, she's got real power. She thinks she doesn't. All is some sort of ruse. Get Shira, come rescue her. It's like, weirdly, exactly what I want in a woman and also exactly uh, what I hate in women. I'm gonna stop. I'm already such in a hole about this. Perfuma, yeah, I'm conflicted. The heart blossom is 100% a clitoris. That is what that is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, watching She-Ra heal that shit was was dope. Uh, at the end of the show, there's like a huge thing where basically just all the clits in the whole kingdom get, all the clits in all the kingdoms get healed by the, by the She-Ra sword. You tell me that that isn't a big old metaphor. Uh, she literally uses her sword and her power and heals all, heals all, heals all the clits. Yeah. Uh, everything is a diamond. Everything is a diamond or, a, or a, some sort of uh, vagina shape. It's amazing. Everything is a triangle. Everything is a diamond. Everything is a. Everything is a. What is it? Uh, what is it called? A parallelogram. There's a, just a lot of like imagery that isn't phallic. You know what I mean? Um, and it's amazing because there's just everything is phallic. And like uh, there's a lot of crystals and uh, witch stuff. And the oh oh my gosh, I forgot the witch in the new one. What's the what's her witch's name? What's the witch's name? Madam Raz. Madam Raz. Madam Raz is the one in the original show that's got the horrible broom boyfriend. Uh, oh my gosh. I literally hate the broom. I hate the broom. And uh, Madam Raz is a way better remix uh, in the... Uh, way better in the new, in the, in the remake. Like, holy shit. Uh, the Masters of the Universe, Madame Raz, is literally an asshole. Um, so, uh, I think that the coolest thing about Glimmer is her relationship with her mom and her aunt and stuff, and how Glimmer is, like, 
like you know like a royal like a it's, she's a, she's she's a, she's what she's what uh she's what she's what a prince usually is you understand like uh yeah she's what a, she's what a prince usually is so we get this like sort of sort of like prince joffrey line Except if, like, Prince Joffrey, like, wasn't a sociopath. That's, like, what Glimmer is. Except there's, you know, she's got magic powers and stuff. She's, like, superly, super, she's super principled. She's got a lot of uh, bold ideals. She's very idealistic. She, like, I don't know, I, like, identify with every single character. Every single one of them. I identify with every single character, but I identify, uh with how ambitious and how like eager and how proactive uh glimmer is about a lot of stuff and i i identify a lot with um uh scorpio probably the most mostly because scorpio is like between factions scorpio is between worlds scorpio is like between species almost you know she's like part scorpion part human and she's a princess she's a scorpion princess and she's got you know poison venom in her in her tail and and the thing about scorpio that i really identify with is that scorpio is very very androgynous um so androgynous that she almost kind of seems half male half female like from the like her torso is male her legs are like half male half female kind of male honestly and her hair is half male half female and her voice is like very very female and goofy but also like weirdly like the henchman do you understand like she's that she's the henchman type um and she's always picking people up. This is literally my MO. You know, like, this is everything I do. Like, I am Scorpio. I identify hardcore with Scorpio. I, Scorpio, to me, seems like a thoroughly non-binary uh, character. So, so, so non-binary that she might even be, like, I don't know. I can see a really strong argument for Scorpio representing, like, intersex people. Um, she seems to be between worlds. She does not seem to be distinctly one or the other and i'm not sure if that's her presentation or if that's just how her body is when she dresses up for the prom she's wearing like a dress and she's got boobs and all this stuff um but she's still you know she's still androgynous even in the even in the I mean, she's really girly in the in the dress up stuff um but uh, I just think that I just think that Scorpio is 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 halfsies on just about everything, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Scorpio ends up falling for some guy later, um, because uh, uh, she is like. I don't know. She really is like looking for family, you know. I just think her personality would fit better with some guy, especially with some guy in this universe. Like she just needs somebody that like, you know, like likes being taken care of. I know that sounds terrible. But she just like really wants to take care of somebody. She like, you know, did not seem to get a lot of love in her upbringing. It just sounds like she's been rejected by, like, everybody on all sides. Like, the Horde doesn't really seem to like her other than the fact that she's, like, good at fighting. And uh, the Rebellion, like, totally rejected her. Like, the Princess World totally rejected her. So, like, um, I just don't understand fully uh, the extent to which Scorpio is representing things. But I just think that, you know, in summary, Scorpio is definitely shaking things up. Definitely, um... It's just dope to me to have a henchman style character as a as a woman, like uh, you know, whatever her gender ends up being. I keep saying her because you know it seems like Scorpio liked being female at the prom episode, so I'm just gonna I'm working with that. Uh, uh, and everybody in the show is pretty much a woman, so uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Who am I to say? Scorpio deserves better, but uh, of course it's not my place to, you know, 
say that Scorpio is non-binary. This I don't think that that's officially stated, but the thing about the show is that it doesn't officially state a lot of things like on purpose, so I don't really know what the protocol here for this would be. You know, she dressed up like a, you know, she presented very female for, for the Prime episode. She presents female in every episode. You could just say, whoa, Becky, she presents female all the time. She's not even presenting non-binary. She's just tall and muscular. Like, yeah, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I, as somebody with gender problems, I, I see a lot of myself in Scorpio. I'm not sure if it's fair for me to even say that, you know, like who, then we're getting into the super messy politics of saying that anybody that looks a certain way is presenting a certain way and like how, you know, and it's like, I get it, you know, plenty of people, they, they don't look any certain way and they identify however they identify and it's just got nothing to do with it, but we're dealing with an animated television series where how these people look means more than how people look in the real world because they're being drawn they're being drawn a certain way so it's like i mean i guess we're, in a way we're kind of dealing with our our superficial instincts when we're dealing with comic books at all so if we're dealing with our superficial instincts because we're dealing with comic books you know does that mean that if you like comic books you're a little bit shallow i don't think so because fucking look at these comics look at all the other comics that we're talking about i mean the joss Whedon comics they, they're all very, everybody's pretty all the time, but would you say that, would you say that, that the main appeal is how people look? Never. It's just kind of part of the fantasy. With Alison Bechtel, everybody looks real queer and real, like, dykey, and it's all very, you know, it's different. And would you say that it matters the way that they look? Yeah, it does. They're supposed to look dykey and weird and queer, you know? I mean... I guess I'd probably be the only person in the world that's actually bothered by what I'm talking about, but, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, you know, it is all very image-obsessed, you know, and all of this is really image-obsessed because we're dealing with a fucking picture. So, I mean, you know, are... Is, like, visual art superficial? Like, I, I guess so. This type isn't you know um but even still it is these you know all the different pictures are like a romantic fantastic ideal of what all these different sort of characters are but it also lets you use your imagination i don't know anybody watch squidbillies that shit was hilarious squidbillies is dope squidbillies everybody's horrifying looking in squidbillies you know everybody looks disgusting and it's almost like oh gosh like how depressed is this person like this is their view of like of people but that's part of the that's part of the joy of it i guess i i mean i don't know what am i even talking about i'm talking about scorpio right i'm talking about how scorpio like to me reads as between genders but who am I to say that? You know, who am I to say, you know, maybe Catra is between genders. Who fucking knows? Maybe Adora is between genders. They're all kind of, everybody's gender ambiguous in a way. Everybody's pan-gender. I think pan-gender is a better way to say it. Nobody's gender ambiguous. Everybody's communicating clear gender, but they're, 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 they're communicating more than one gender, if that makes any sense. Like Adora is, is distinctly female. And she's very femme, and She-Ra is very femme. You know, the transfer, the transformed version of Adora is, I think, in a lot of ways, more femme. Uh, but you know, is it fair to me to say that any of this is anything? You know. Or, or, or is it even fair to say that anybody has any sort of... It's like, why do I even have this podcast? I don't even understand. Like, How can I say that I feel like Scorpio is non-binary without stepping on any toes, without being wrong, but with also bringing up something that I feel in myself and my bones? You know, it's just something that I feel. And when I watch the show and I see Scorpio... I get pumped because shit's fucking how I feel. A lot. 
I'm saying this somebody who's gender confused, somebody who's very gender confused, I find solace in Scorpio. Like it makes me feel good about myself to see somebody who's between, you know, because I, I feel that way. And there's just not a lot of, just not a lot of times that I get to feel between and have it all make sense, you know? And like when I watch She-Ra, and there's this in-between world character who's like struggling with it. I'm just like, oh, it just makes me feel good. I, it makes me feel like understood. It makes me feel validated. I'm like so grateful for this show. It's just been so fun to watch this show. I am so excited for season two of She-Ra. I can't even put it into words fully. Like it's, it's the most exciting. Um, I will 100% have another episode about Shira season two. That's like 100%. My, my, my biggest question right now is like, do I just keep talking for a whole another hour and cover all the stuff that I didn't get to get to? Like I have, I have, I should you not six more pages of notes to talk about. Um, maybe, I mean, I just like, should I do an episode at a time? Should I do a season at a time? Should I just make a general first impression episode? I think that might be what this is. This is just a first impressions episode on the OG She-Ra and the new She-Ra. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. It's like so amazing. You, I sh you should just go watch it. Um, but I think I'll probably just like, I don't know, I might have an Adora Catra episode because like, <laughs> that's what, that's the main thing I haven't talked about that we, that we need to talk about is like, I don't know, you know, the whole point of the show. That's what the fucking show's about. It's what the whole thing's about. It's about, I mean, I guess there's, you know, a whole the Adora thing, but like, no, it's all about fucking Adora and Catra. It's so good. They're, they're so good. They have so much chemistry as cartoons and as characters. It's amazing. So yeah, I think we're gonna have a whole She-Ra and uh, Katra or Adora and Katra, however you wanna pair them up. Hair or no hair, that's what we should call it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for tuning in. Um, Boyin' it fun with the new audio setup, don't I sound like like I'm not a, just a fucking chump as much? Like a little bit. I know, I know. I shouldn't toot my own horn too much, but I miss it, so I'm gonna toot. Um, okay. Well, that's it. It's nice talking to you. Uh, tune in for a uh, music episode. We got a music episode coming up. We're gonna talk about, you know, just like, we're like, there's basically like six songs. We're gonna break down like six songs, why they're good, who they're, who they're by, all the other stuff they're playing, how you should go listen to them, all that stuff. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah. We're also, we have so many, I have so many episodes backlogged. I've been busy. I, I've been so busy. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just me and my lady. So we don't, we don't really like, not exactly like a, a professional studio. All right. Ta-ta. Bye-bye.